Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked The Crown, Season 5, Episode 8, Gunpowder. In that episode, they finally aired Diana's interview with Martin Bashir, where she talked about her marriage to Charles, how she was treated by the royalty, and how everything went sideways, and the episode covered all the fallout around that, and spent include, including too much time around a man named Dookie, the chairman of the BBC. That was all last week. Let's move on to this week where we're going to be looking at the divorce of Diana and Charles. Let's go. Just like that, we're back again. Lord to Grantham Podcast. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing all right. How about you, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. This episode is a real downer, so you know, watching it doesn't make you feel good. But you know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm starting to feel like you know we we started covering the Crown as soon as it came back, but now it's reaching the point where people have ta- stopped talking about the Crown. And yet we're still uh-huh. talking about it. <laughs> Two months on, we're, we're still like out here, like, yep, the, the crown. And everyone else is like, I've kind of moved on with my life. You still talking about that? You know? Yes. Well, the good, the perk of it is that by the, when the next season comes out, if people are trying to binge to catch up, it'll mm-hmm. all be there waiting for them. That is true. That is true. And fair. the other perk is that we'll be done, we'll be done with this tale next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll recap it after the fact, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to this season of The Crown, but I do kind of hear what you're saying. I do think it is interesting that we're watching this season of The Crown and, like, the buzz has died just as the Harry and Meghan buzz is going up. So it's kind of a different set of eyes that we're watching this with. Yeah, I would say that the Harry stuff has kind of taken the the attention off this. And I think the Harry stuff has already peaked to, to now. The book is out. People have heard what he had to say about the frostbitten ding dong and everything and they're like all right dude enough we, we don't need to hear you about you putting some lip chap that your mom used on there and then feeling euphoric feelings that's just gross dude and the the, the jokes and the memes are pretty funny right now where it's like uh told my boss uh, thank you i understand you know why you can't promote me and then i went and did this and then it's like a picture of harry's book <laughs> like it, the whole like reaction is just like i'm just going to tell all everything because harry is not holding back right now but then I'll go and do an interview where he's like, I just miss my father. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this last week. That Harry's a broken record. He's, he's making us sound like a broken record. But he also said he fact-checks the crown. He did say that. He was on Colbert, and he, he said he was looking that stuff up. Uh, strange. So strange life. Getting, getting the same Google results as you, Corey, when you do your fact-check. You probably. What are the odds that Prince Harry listened to an episode of us? And he was like, the, "Very low." There is an actual Netflix uh, official podcast for the Crown. Apparently, I only realized this past week. Nah, what they, cho- I mean, they chose their, the their HBO their, Gilded yeah. Age podcast. Those things, That's true. you know, with all due respect to the 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 gods that make these products, those things are dust in the wind, and we are yeah. 
We're the cornerstone of this genre and, of podcast. And you, know, you know why people come to us? Because we give the real stuff. You want to hear some realness, like, Dave? Like what? I want to hear some realness. Well, nothing, was, uh, nothing is really going on in the world of Downton or The Crown or Gilded Age or anything. So it's kind of amazing how every week there's a new article. When will the Gilded Age premiere? And there's just still no news, and they literally come out with an article somewhere every week. But in bigger news, if you watch Poldark at all, big fan of Aiden Turner, you know, Ross Poldark. Yeah, I was going to say, what's he wearing this week? It's what he's not wearing. He was spotted without Uh-oh. a wedding ring, <laughs> and his wife was as well. The man may be on the market. Wow. And how old is Aiden Turner? He's about 40. 39. Okay. They're both 39. He's, he's wearing New Balance sneakers in the photo without his ring. Uh, so, who knows? He, he, may be, he may be single out there again. So, Ladies, listen, ladies listening, this must be phenomenal news. Mm-hmm. Is Get his excited. hair still long, or is it in some sort of weird disarray? It's long enough, but it's combed back behind his head. Okay. Yeah. All right, Aiden. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for who's dating Aiden Turner next, or married to him, or is he still together? Who knows? He just isn't wearing a ring. Yeah, maybe he just, you know, they, they took him to get cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he went and did that. Aside from that, I think we can just get started with the crown, right? Sure, and probably the most straightforward and, and, and simple episode of the show, of any show that I think we've watched since starting this podcast, I might say. I mean, it, it, these episodes have been so short, it makes me wonder for the next season of The Crown, do we just double up and do two episodes at once? <laughs> we could. I mean, those would be extra long episodes on our part. I kind of like recording true. and being done a little early, putting my feet up. Not that this is a... Yeah. A slog to do, but... Right. So, well, this week it's Season 5, Episode 9, Couple 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make us go through all 30 of the couples before we get to that one, though. We, we see okay. quite a I few... I mean, it feels like it. <laughs> it really does. We, what, we see three or four couples just talking about the dissolution of their marriage? Yeah, it's thrilling. I mean, it, it, it is, I think... It's a it's state thrilling? piece. You, you think it's thrilling to hear people no, talk about No, I think it's the opposite marriage. of thrilling. I think it's a slog. I think it's depressing and sad and... And I understand the point they're trying to make is that, you know, this kind of situation is very real. And these professionals that work in the court systems are beaten over the head with this to the point that it's like their livelihood, but it's terrible. And Prince Charles mm-hmm. and Princess Diana are just like everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Uh well, Dave, do we want to talk about each of these discussions of the marriages falling apart? I'm fine. I don't need to do that. If you want to. I didn't take notes about them specifically. Um, the, the the one that got to me was, well, there's one couple where it's just like, they just don't love each other anymore. It's just a standard uh, divorce. The Andersons. I think actually one of the Andersons, the man is called Anthony Anderson, but he's not the actor Anthony yep. Anderson. Uh, but there's a... There's a, a one couple where the woman is younger, the man is older, uh, and there's another couple where one is uh, they're older, but the debate is that he works and he's never there for the family. Yeah, that oh. was the, that was an interesting one, I guess. Yeah, you, you feel for him. He, he gives a brief, you know, like background of like, don't you understand where I come from, where I had to work, and, and like I, I'm just trying to support, and the woman doesn't get it, the man doesn't get it. But the one that got me was just. The guy who's older with the woman who's now 24, who just goes out all the time. She likes to party all the time. And he's like, they went on their honeymoon, and only then did he say, 
you want to try for kids? How do you not have that conversation before this you get married? This felt like love is blind. Uh, truly. I mean, what happened in that situation there? That's a, 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 like a day one conversation of like, what goals do you have in life? Yeah. And then, yeah, people like to go out when they're in their 20s. What were you thinking, man? What? what? Anyways, well, that, that couple got divorced. And so, yeah, <laughs> Diana and Charles ain't too different from them except for the fact that they're royalty and there's about $35 million hanging over their head. Uh, th- 35 million pounds, forgive me. Yeah. <clears throat> Where do we start we see that? I mean, we, we begin with Queen Elizabeth writing this sort of to-the-point letter about how pretty much following Diana's interview and, and all of that, game over you know the separation is not good enough just to get divorced right it's not a tough spot for elizabeth to be in though as as she says she's the 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 head of the church of england like this is god's appointed leader saying like get divorced even though god doesn't like divorce i mean the fact that she says it's not only inevitable but preferable shows that she understands on some level like Oh, we have to get this over with. <laughs> like this yeah, is just not tenable, exactly. e- even under God. Uh, but they've already been separated for four years by this point. This is they they got finally got divorced in 90, 1996. So they've been going on for some time. This whole mm-hmm. you know proceedings here. Uh, but yeah, we, we the way we that starts off is Diana is more alone than ever. Uh, you know. She doesn't have a press secretary. Dr. Khan has already gone silent on her. She's talking to her therapist about this. What an exit for Hasnat. He really comes in hot, burns bright, and then exits stage left. Yeah. Uh, The paparazzi are chasing Diana. She really is like increasingly just left alone. So when it comes up that she is seeking upwards of 35 million pounds... It's justifiable. Uh, someone, you know, kind of appeals to, to Charles like she needs it for her own protection and stuff. <laughs> like she's not going to be w- with the services that we often provide, so she needs to afford some way of kind of making her way. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of see this parallel. We could, you know, dive, divert into this for a second, but Camilla gets a little bit, a bit of a highlight this episode. Yeah, she's um, kind of getting a, a a different breed of harassment, right? Where they're kind of calling her the home wrecker and chasing her around, uh, and she's just trying to figure out how do I get people to like me because they all vilify me. <laughs> and there's a wonderful idea. Who who is it exactly who comes up? Is Mark Boland. Yeah, guy comes in, and he says, "You got to go." You got to go to the spin doctors. You got to go yeah. to the two princes. Well, isn't oh oh Mark? I think Mark Boland is the spin doctor. Is the spin doctor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a singer of the spin doctors. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's true. Um. But yeah, he he's saying like, the faster this divorce gets over with, the more people can turn the page, move on, and just start to you know like you. You know, let's not belabor the issue. mm Hmm. Um, and while they're having this conversation, her, her car gets clamped, so she can't drive. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a, a small... woman, who is the... There's this... the Like, the, the in-between person is... 
really kind of facilitating this whole situation. And she goes out and she's like, hey, don't you put that boot on that car. That's that's the prince's car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but and there's like the, the Diana wouldn't get this treatment. She just bat an eye and they, they'd walk away. But, poor Camilla's got to go out to the car and get in and leave. Yeah. Poor, poor Camilla. I mean, they do a good job. They, they even did this in the Diana musical too, where they try to show a little bit of sympathy towards her, which is uh, funny because she always has gotten the, the villain angle. And even recently with Harry saying that, you know, she was putting out negative stories about, you know, Megan and stuff. <laughs> it's like, is Camilla that good? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, I, mean, it, I mean, this episode does a good job of making her seem like a person who's suffering. And I think that's a very fair thing. Yeah. To put out there. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, because she, she's also complaining, like, I know how to do the job better than Diana. You know, <laughs> I can make him happy. So she, she can be the queen that Diana never was. And it's like, no one cares about that, Camilla, though. You got to realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is this, is it, is it, is it the Q word part where it's like, to say it, what do you want to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants to be the She's queen. She's like, I can't say that. You know I can't say that. Right. Uh, and we do get a moment of her on the phone with uh, Charles' this episode where they start talking. Uh, and he says the two cornerstones of a relationship is does your partner make you, partner make you laugh and does your partner. And he says, she's like, no, no, no. We can't do that on the phone anymore, brother. She's like, remember earlier in the season? People may be listening in. Uh. That's Charles does seem genuinely happy to be able to move forward in that regard, even though this divorce is putting some stress on him. Right. He truly does love Camilla. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does not. But prior to, you know, this meeting with the spin doctor, Charles does not, you know, he's starting to fight and fight, puff his chest up about this uh, divorce settlement. He thinks it's absurd. It's so much money. So Elizabeth, uh, she calls in the the major guns, the John Major. This is obscene. The, the prime minister. Is, the prime minister is asked to mediate a divorce. This is so absurd. Dave, do you think this actually happened in real life? Uh, my gut says, says yes. No, of course okay, not. Good, thank God. Thank, <laughs> I was going to say he, this is too weird. Yeah, he he did offer to help. Just because he's a good guy, but by no means was did, is there any record of Elizabeth asking him to step in and do this. Like, because if that's the case, you really do start to question. Like, why do we have the royalty again? All they're doing is just interfering with people trying to do their jobs. Literally, like, the prime they would be like asking Obama to, to mediate a divorce. You just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, kudos to John Major for cutting such a good image of himself that he could support with something like that. But come on now. But it also leads to the scene with him and his wife mm. where she's like, are you going to be able to hang out with the family this weekend? And he's like, no, I'm busy. She's like, when are you going to see your family? And he's like, I'm working. I'm, it's tough. And she said, what about your children? And it's sort of painting this picture of him spreading himself too thin and sacrificing yeah. time with his family for the royalty to mediate a divorce, which is basically, it's not part of his job duties. So, right. so then not only is this untrue, but we are sort of slandering this man's character to saying he overworked. 
and this show just gives me more questions about like what's the budget of the prime minister because they're in the same home of the the previous prime ministers sure maybe they have the same house kind of like the white house or whatever but they don't even have a cook it's his wife cooking for him or like okay if they have the budget and they have a cook for him the night that his wife is cooking for him must be a special night come on john major you know that your wife is He's cooking for you that night. with a candle lit with a glass of wine <laughs> It just seems so low rent for a guy who literally runs the country. It's like, what is going on there? I, I just mm-hmm. didn't buy that. I, I, don't, I don't know. People, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, anyways, John Major. Deadbeat dad. Maybe. According to the crown. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the show doesn't care about who it is. That'd be great uh, if it was just like Peter Morgan just had these sort of political agendas. That he's like, I know this is not true, but I would really love it if the world thought that John, John Major was a total bum. <laughs> I mean, on some level, he gives Charles like a, a a savvy, you know, good man cut. Like, he, I think Peter Morgan writes Charles to be a little bit more three dimensional than he deserves to be. And I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not being fair to Charles, but at the same time, it's just like, or at least the way Dominic West portrays him, you can understand where Charles is coming from, even though he's so clearly in the wrong. Um, but it makes yeah, me like if, Charles um, a little bit more, which I shouldn't. Is it? A- is it Camilla who at one point in the show it's like, well, you know, we could never be together because your family was meddling and and, and they wanted mm-hmm. you to have a more attractive uh, bride that fit the mold better than I would. Yeah. And to to analyze that point, perhaps on a more meta level with this show, are we aligning ourselves with Prince Charles more than we would in real life because he's more handsome than the real Prince Charles? Could be. <laughs> that may very well be true. <laughs> Um, but I mean, so John Major comes onto the scene and he says, look, Charles, just pay her. Just, you don't have to give her the full amount. Just give her just enough to take care of herself. Uh, and the, the, they come to a compromise where she just never speaks to the royalty again. And he, he goes to Diana and says like, look, here's the condition. They'll pay you. You just can't ever speak of the royalty and of your relationship ever again. And Diana's like, you want to stuff my mouth with gold? Got to back up that Brinks truck a little bit more. You got, you got to give me a little bit more Bring money. Second, second load of gold. Yeah. Which I, I was a little confused by because I thought she was asking for 35 million pounds and then they come to 17 million with the $400,000 Yeah, I think that's just a, a counter offer. Yeah. Which is still a lot of money. Um. But yeah, they, they they come to a mutual like agreement that this will this will work. Mm-hmm. And then we get to suffer through a a tedious scene in the the divorce court of them signing papers and making it official. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're kind of dancing around the big marquee scene of this episode and probably the season where Charles goes to visit Diana. And just kind of revisit old times, as they say, like an autopsy mm-hmm. on their relationship. Uh, Diana makes some scrambled eggs for him, and Charles yeah, is she like tries to make an omelet, but she can't do it. She can't do it. But Charles is like scrumdiddlyumptious. Why don't we do this more often? Why don't we, Why don't people just eat scrambled eggs all the time? It's a good. Question, and she's Charles. like, "This is the man. This is the man that I fell in love with. I only had eyes for you, and you gave me that look." And that's Such where I'm thinking. It's Dominic West, of course. Has uh, Nolte. Yeah. 
I, w- I will say her fridge did look like, you know, someone who's recently gone through a divorce or going through a divorce. Just very empty. That's like his spinster's fridge for sure. Hasnot was not eating well when he was there, which is why he, he left her. No. You know what was happening was Hasnot was bringing home the groceries. And he was like, Diana, you can't eat like this. you got to have real food. And then when like Hasnot left I brought this picture. lettuce last week. It's already moldy and wilted. It's already discolored. <laughs> It's like, we can't keep living this way. I'm out of here. I'm done, Diana. You got to get groceries once in a while. I'm a doctor. I can't eat uh, frozen milk. I don't know. I no. just I try to think What's of something. Peppers and eggs. <laughs> yeah. We need real food. So anyways, they have some scrambled eggs, and they start talking about their marriage. And she's like, you know, I, I, it's true. I did want attention. You know, I made it difficult. You know, Diana, she mm-hmm. was maybe culpable for some of the issues. And she's sorry if she had felt like she had attacked him, you know. Good to hear. Yeah, she's being real. And Charles is like, you know, while we're being real, I felt humiliated and eviscerated in those interviews. <laughs> you called me unfit to be king. <laughs> and she's like trying to clarify. I only meant to stop that. That, that meant... The, the kingship was keeping you from doing the things you really want to do. And he's like, you don't think I'm naturally suited to be king? <laughs> Charles just can't hear her. And uh, he feels it reflects badly on their son. And she's just watching him suffer. And, you know, we just retread the same thing where she's like, you waiting to be king has just made you suffer. Yes. Yep. And they they give her the most humanistic look as possible, where Diana pleads, you know, I didn't marry a family. I married you because I loved you. Uh, I want to have a family. But if you watch this show, they didn't love each other. You know, like, yeah, we trace never. this back. They're not well loving each da- other. I mean, Dave, that's what he says next, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, she she says, you know, why did you marry me? And he said, I had no choice. Ask my parents. Yeah, exactly. They were where I loved someone else. Whew. Whew. Gosh. And, and he's like, say her name. Say her name. Camilla Parker Bulls. That's th- three names. All three. Say them loud, Diana. Yeah. Uh, and that like cuts like a knife for Diana. You see it all over Elizabeth Debicki's face. She really earns her keep in this scene here. Oh, yeah, she does. The two of them do, although that I think she carries Diana's essence more than... He mm-hmm. carries Charles's essence. Yeah, uh, but like you know, she you know cuts back at him. The popularity has been transferred from you to William, which is so funny today to hear that because popularity to William is gone out the window. Uh, but yeah, Charles is just to think William was popular is just ins- baffling. It, it really. You can track his loss of popularity alongside the loss of hair on his head. Like it really, like uh-huh. if someone's more attractive, they're more likely to be popular. Hey, that's why he wanted that beard, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Harry said, um, but yeah, it, it's kind of telling though that Charles is like he's racked with guilt and uncertainty. He feels worst of all for the country. You know how mm-hmm. how this reflects on them and stuff. And so he, you know, he, on some level, that's what he's always thinking about is just his duty to the country and. I, I think, you know, based on my reading from the show, is not, not only did he marry Diana because his family told him to, but I think part of him thought 
this is what's best for the country. This is what mm-hmm. will, you know, satisfy satisfy my duties. But Camilla had a had him wrapped around her finger. And I think you see historically speaking, and, and not only the, what we've been shown with this show between um, Philip and Elizabeth, where just over time he just sort of stops being a dog and realizes he loves her and he's yeah. gonna stop playing around. But in the same way, in like Downton Abbey, you see like. Robert doesn't marry Cora for love. He marries her for her money. Mm-hmm. And then they fall in love. I think Charles is, is sold a false bill of goods that like time will make you love each other. Right. Because Elizabeth always would tell him, you know, you just have to kind of wait it out and it'll just happen. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that when a woman's <laughs> always in your ear. <laughs> and that's More that. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, yeah. Just <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Charles says he can leave liberated. Now he's like, I know we're not we're done for good. There's nothing going on here. Peace be with you. And this is probably one of the best moments where like Debicki's kind of smiling in terms of just like she could just almost in disbelief it seems like, and then just turns into tears into her crying and like mm-hmm. your heart goes out to her. Yeah, yeah. It's, she's she's in, she's very good in this episode. She's very good. She's been good as the character so far. And they don't even try to hide that she's taller than Charles in this episode either. Uh, Debicki is that than Dominic West. She's much mm-hmm. taller and the episode ends with us seeing footage of, the, of their marriage because you know the people are kind of questioning the relevancy of, of the royalty and you know how much people care and this is like proof in the pudding right there that you know people gave a crap about this marriage they really did deeply care about oh, the yeah. two of them yeah and I think Elizabeth makes a mention of that as well mm-hmm. they, you know they're living this fairy tale but it wasn't wasn't meant to be so there you have it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all. And apparently it was true that they were pretty good friends after they got married, though, uh, Diana and Charles. They, they were on good terms up until she, she passed away, uh, where they'd have... Well, after the vi- divorce? Visit. Yeah, they'd have visits like this, apparently. I don't know if they ever blew up like this, but that that's where I'm they sure they did. I mean, how could they not? Yeah. I well, like my eggs like over the, easy. As, as they mentioned in the, in the narrative that they... Like they never were never given one on one space. They were always separated yeah. and that helped drive the wedge. When you take away the sort of pretense that they're a married couple and they're just two people that are parents who have shared experiences, I think it does make it a lot easier for them to mm-hmm. have that tension not be there. Yeah. For sure. Was this a good episode, Dave? The last scene was good, but I don't think the rest of it was very good. It's like they had an idea for an episode, mm. and then they kind of added some Camilla stuff, and then just let the rest of it hang. I mean, yeah, I think like I think they're trying to make a state make a statement with all these divorced divorcing couples. Yeah, but it winds up being just sort of, yeah. you know, we know with the crown most of these characters are disposable, so now we know they're disposable within the context of the episode. It's like hard to stay focused and care. I mean, I, w- I will say I, I do appreciate the artistry of it and stuff Mm -hmm. but at the same time like they breeze over so much of of timelines of people and kind of rush things along they could really stand to give some more time to certain characters and and people uh anyways though yeah it was solid enough solid enough i'm I'm curious to see where they go with the finale now that they've gotten through this already Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder where we're leaving things this would have been an awful finale if that's the case (laughs) I mean, it definitely feels like the the silence 
was a little deafening after the season dropped. It didn't seem like it met the the excitement that people greeted it with exactly. Um, I think mm-hmm. people were expecting something a little bit more salacious than what they got. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's the crown. It's the crown. <laughs> it's uh, it's that prestige TV just for the sake of it, you know. Yeah. So let's get to the power rankings. All right, let's do it. Who's going down, Dave? Number three going down. I got Diana. Oh. This is a. She she's divorced. That's mm-hmm. good, but she doesn't get what she wants. the The pressure's on her, as far as the paparazzi and the expectations, and uh, yeah, she doesn't quite get the amount of money she wants, and she's sort of insulted by the queen. Like yeah. th- things keep getting staying as impersonal as, as they have been, but now it's like. Okay, cool. Now there's some finality, mm-hmm. but at what cost? Yeah. And Dr. Khan is gone. That's true. That is a loss for us all. Well, at number three going down, I got married couples. It doesn't seem like it's mm-hmm. a good uh, business to get into here. <laughs> Everyone's just getting divorced. <laughs> what a narrative this show is painting. All the yeah. happy couples are like constantly cheating. <laughs> exactly. If you're in a married relationship, it's probably not a happy one. So, yeah, it's just going down. Number two, Dave. Well, on number two, I got I got Mr. Major, Prime Minister Majors, because you know he wasn't even supposed to be here today. This isn't part of his job to be a marriage mediator. Not to mention yeah. his uh, his wife is very not cool with this. The mm. irony of being asked to mediate a divorce when your wife is like, "Spend time with me, please." It's like, yeah. don't you see what you're doing? It's true, Major John. What about true. you? Who's number two for you? I got Camilla at number two. No one seems to like her, and she's really having the uphill battle to get people to like her. They're doing mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot more work than, than Diana had to, so it's got to be tough to be Camilla. That's true. That's true. CPB, man. It ain't meant to be. Yeah. Well, maybe. We'll see. Well, number one going down, I got I got the employees at divorce court because <laughs> okay. if this episode teaches us anything, it's it's a slog. It's painful. It's boring. That, I mean, that's the other thing is they keep showing these like courtroom justices and stuff, and you are waiting for the moment where they interact with Diana and Charles, and and, and they don't. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like okay, got it. Solid. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about that's that. Yeah. Well, number one going down, I got is Prince Charles. He's miserable. He had to pay okay. Diana. Uh. And he can move on with his life, but he did have to pay. He didn't want to. We it's paid. We, he paid a little less than he thought he was going to pay. Yeah, still it's tough for Chuck though. Okay, four hundred thousand pounds a year. It's tough. It's not his money. We see he got his Elizabeth or Queen Elizabeth's like I've withdrawn the money to pay Diana. <laughs> yeah, it's not That's his. True. That is true. It is not his, but he doesn't want her to get anything out of it. Um, and by the same virtue, I got going up at number three, Diana. It doesn't matter if she didn't get what she hmm. wanted. You never get what you exactly want in a divorce. She got paid either way. Good for her. All right. <laughs> get yours. Well, at that point, I got Camilla going up because mm. this is the first seemingly pro-Camilla story, even though that it shows how things are not easy for her. Yeah. But it also shows that moves are being made to clean her image up and make her life a little bit more easy. That's true. And I think she deserves a W where she can get it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, at number two, I got Mark Boland. This guy gives some sound advice to Camilla uh, to shore up her image. Uh, people seem to like the guy. You know, Camilla's like saying, this guy knows what he's doing here. I think people will like me sooner than later. And he's just kind of a nobody. They ask him, what do you do in your free time? I just watch TV and hang out. What a good guy. Yeah, I, I, I got him in the exact same spot. because Number two. That is, uh, he's a spin doctor. You know, he just comes in, does his job. Yeah. What a what a client base, you know. <laughs> right. What are you doing? Hey, I, I got I got someone I want to hook you up with. Oh, who is it? It's Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles. Like, all right. Yeah, I watch TV. This I know is... who they are. They're the they're the royalty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, number one for me, I got John Major. It doesn't matter if the, his life at home is is burning down. The, Elizabeth trusts him so much. She was like, I need you to kind of mediate this marriage, okay? Just, just help out a little bit here. He does it. He succeeds at it. And he gets a pat on the back for it. What a, what a good guy. And he's just mm-hmm. so caught up in work, he doesn't even like notice that his wife isn't happy with him. So it's not a problem until it's not a problem. Uh, you know, It's not a problem until it is a problem. So don't worry about it, John Major. You had a good week. Okay. Well. <laughs> Dave disagrees. I've, I, got, I got Prince Charles in number one. He's free. And unlike his wife... Ex-wife, mm-hmm. he he's got the title. He can have his eyes set on the future. We already see him talking to Camilla on the phone. He's got a partner yeah. that he cares about. Um, he's not paying out of his own pocket. It's his it's his mom's money. It's the nation's money. Sure. Or you know, it's whatever sort of endowment they have. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is not a positive episode. So finding someone on the upside, it was a toss up between Mark Turner and Prince Charles. But I think Prince Charles leaves in a good spot. Yeah, it's fair, and I'm I'm curious to see where they take things from here because we only have we only have so much time left with Diana. So like, and as far as I'm aware, Diana's back next year. So I don't know what they cover for the finale. Hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see when we get there. Yeah. Dave, you been watching anything else? Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all the way caught up with the current episodes of The Circle on Netflix. I know this is seemingly okay. something that is uh, more pressing as the weeks go on. And it, mm-hmm. it's a really good season. I'm a, a big fan of the season on the whole. I think your your guy from Big Brother, or I don't know if he's your guy from Big Brother, but the guy Not from Big guy. Brother is entertaining. <laughs> um, okay. It's inter- OG favorite, Shoe Bomb, comes back. I've never liked Shoe Bomb, so I think it's very interesting to watch him come back. Yeah, but I mean, I guess before we even say what you're watching, they announced the lineup of this Netflix Avengers reality dating, you know, Bachelor in Paradise equivalent. Mm-hmm. And watching the circle, it's like, man, I can't wait to take all these people and put them somewhere else. Right. So they have the cast of people from the circle, Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, Too Hot to Handle, The Mole. The Circle France, there's a person from there on there. That's right. Uh, I needed to double check who that was because, I mean, oh, there's so many of these people. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so excited for this. They, they're bringing back Shane, our boy Shane from Love is Blind. Uh, they got Bartisa in there. They got Joey Sasso from The Circle. I mean, who else could you ask for in a reality show? This is amazing. I think I had a, th- I had a theory, and the, my theory is Shubham couldn't cut the mustard on this show. I, I think that's fair. So they put him on The Circle again to sort of bring him back into the... Full, yeah. give him a nice paycheck. 
but they know that no woman on this show is going to try to be with shoe bomb. <laughs> right, right. He would lose that game. But no, I'm so excited. They they might as well call this like a Super Smash Brothers, uh, uh, Super Smash Bros pairing up because this is really what they are. They're all smashing bros. Uh, yeah, man. Netflix they really got a stranglehold on, the, on our viewership. It's it's a it's a problem. I mean, we'll definitely be covering that on Patreon. If not, if not we'll just from <laughs> sorry, pull dark. Yeah, we just got to talk about we gotta the watch, show. We got to watch this show. Yeah. Um. But I mean, to that point, like, I, yeah, I wrapped up Singles Inferno on Netflix this past week. It's a totally satisfying conclusion. If people want mm-hmm. another dating recommendation show, or a recommendation for a dating show on Netflix. Um, but aside from that, I haven't seen too much. I've been playing video games, but I did go and see uh, Avatar. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was th- over three hours long, man. <laughs> how, did, and, how was it? I, 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 it was like eating candy. It was like empty calories. I, I, like I loved what I was seeing visually. Like it even looked, it just looks so much like a video game where it, it you can literally see the slowdown on screen as it goes from one scene to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is there a little loading screen in the corner? <laughs> might as well be. Uh, but there's moments there it looked incredible. It's just the story. Just there's nothing there. There's they truly just copy and pasted from the first Avatar. The characters are all just cardboard cutouts. There's moments of entertainment, but it would be easier to watch if it was less than three hours there's no reason for this movie to be three hours okay uh, i think I you guess, may like you know, it dave but i i might like it i'm not but I, the more the time passes the more mad things i hear the more i'm like well you know the ride is four minutes long Th- this is <laughs> and one, it's though, an incredible ride <laughs> i mean i we said this with the last avatar where like if you miss it in theaters you miss the boat i think that's a hundred and thousand like 110 percent the case this time especially because of how different the frame rate looks and stuff with the 3D glass and stuff. Like, if you're not seeing this in theaters, don't ever watch it ever. <laughs> you're, to- mm. you're totally missing the point on it. Um, because it is really just a visual spectacle. That, that's, uh, that's all it really exists to be. All right. Well, maybe I'll get there. I've been a. Uh, it's yeah. been a while since I've been to the movies. I'm, I'm looking for a good reason, but three hours is a long, long, long time. And I will say, I live in New York City, so New York City prices, but I, I so I subscribe to AMC A-List, so I can see up to three movies per week in any kind of format I so choose uh, for a flat monthly rate. If I had paid for a ticket, it would have been $30.99 to see Avatar. <laughs> That's <Okay>. insane. <laughs> uh, you could go to like get a nice dinner by yourself, a decent dinner. At a yeah, you, chain you restaurant or something. Yeah, you could definitely go to Chili's on that for free. Not <laughs> yeah. for free, but on that money. They're asking a lot for you. And now you can already see it with like Ant-Man, see it in 3D. They're, they're making the push again to see stuff in 3D. And in this economy, you expect people to just go see stuff in 3D? No, it ain't happening. <laughs> I ain't going back there. I'll go back there for Ant-Man. That's one of the few that will get me <sighs> In 3D, though? I'll go, I'm actually 3D for Ant-Man. Oh, get out of here, man. You're gonna be, you probably shrink, be a 50 bucks for you. Grows. <laughs> okay. I'm well, not doing IMAX 3D for, for the whale, but I'll do it for Ant-Man. No. Uh, well, I did it in Dolby. I, 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 mm-hmm. I did my research on what was the best format to see Way of Water, and everyone recommended Dolby 3D. So that that's mm-hmm. the route I went. So that was my way. <laughs> um, anyways... Next week, we'll catch you on the finale of The Crown. Otherwise, you know where to find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. If you want to hear us, any streaming platform that you get your podcast from, leave a five-star rating review if you so choose. 
And of course, our Patreon is out there where we'll be supplying a bonus episode sooner than later, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to schedule some kind of group, uh, not necessarily a Q&A, but kind of a hang with mm-hmm. the Patreon people because people have been asking us for it for a while. And, you know, just say hi to our listeners if you're, you know, any tier patron. So the, the downstairs tier, upstairs tier, whatever you want. If you want to jump in, ask us some questions, get to know us a little more. That should be happening soon ish hopefully yeah hop on in all right and we'll catch you next time on the pod